1: in the squadron they called him bullets but we call him greg kelly greg kelly is on
2: the air on the red apple podcast network
3: hello i'm sorry i'm just looking at it now on television i ah brother somebody else died yikes who, rem- who knows Rochelle Boone? She's a reporter on New York One. Does a great job. New York One, 20 years. Pancreatic cancer? What? 48 years old? <laughs> People are dropping like flies right now. Anyway, she was an amazing woman, a great reporter. I just found out seconds ago. Rochelle Boone. I worked with her for uh, a year and a half over there in New York One. Loved her. What a good person. Oh, man. This is crazy. What the hell is going on? People dying too young. The weather girl over there on, uh, channel two. The medical correspondent on channel two. People from all walks of life. You're looking in the pages. You look at the obituaries. 48, 52, 70. 70's too young. Does this have anything to do with the, uh, with the COVID stuff and all the stuff that the, the government made us do? Does it? I don't know. I don't know in Rochelle's case, not at all. But, boy, that's really weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to start off like that. Uh Rochelle was a great person. And um she actually started a little bit after I got to New York 1. She came to my house for my going away party. I was so appreciative. You know, when you throw a party, you don't know who's going to come. And she was the morning live reporter, did a great job all over the city. She liked people. People liked her. Um Oh, gee whiz. 48 years old. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, folks. What is happening to our society? What is happening to our culture? Our world feels like a free fall. It really feels like we are spiraling out of control. I mean, (laughs) and we really are. And I am so glad, quite frankly, that I am in a place where I can exercise my freedom day in and day out. I can. You know, for the time being, I really can. I am so grateful for this radio station, for you folks. You know, there are people, you know, and it's not like they, uh, you know, it's not like they have a talk show host or anything like that. There are people who work, you know, at the Department of Public Works, who if they express their reservations about the trans community uh, interacting with children, they could find themselves suspended, suspended. This is... That's not America. America is in a very, very dangerous place and it seems to be slipping away. And well, I thank God that, uh, I'm where I am right now, but I hope it all maintains itself. And I hope to God that Donald Trump prevails. I do believe that he is the only hope. If he, w- if he should not prevail, uh, I mean, you really, it seems like you can forget about America. This corrupt fool. Joe Biden who disgraced himself he disgraces himself every single day. But what's even more of a disgrace is the the media culture, the political framework, pretending that this is normal, pretending that this is acceptable. And poll after poll, the people get it. I guess they feel confident in expressing their views to a, an anonymous pollster um, but God forbid you say the wrong thing on social media. God forbid you say something about, ooh, George Floyd. You know what? I really don't think he was all that. Uh, George Floyd, you know, I think we overreacted. Yeah, it was an overreaction. I mean, let's face it. Uh, he was a creep. He was a punk. I'm not saying he should have died. I don't want anybody to die. I want everybody to live to be a hundred. Um, a lot of things I, you know, wish. I wish George Floyd listened to the cops. I wish he didn't resist arrest. I wish he did not have uh, fentanyl in his system, uh, enough to kill him. I wish he didn't have a panic attack in the back of the cop car. I wish the cops did not take mercy on him and put him on the ground as he wanted to be placed. I wish that, well, that that handbook for the Minneapolis Police Department did not authorize its officers to place a knee on the neck as a restraint maneuver, it did. That never should have been there, but it was. Um Wow. You know, there's just a... <laughs> that We're going back to the moon, finally. Isn't that great? You know, I was watching the news, and I call it the holy grail of fake news moments, when David Muir is sitting at the same damn desk where David Brinkley announced that men had walked on the moon, and he announces that a white woman tried to block a black man from entering her apartment. It was her apartment. He doesn't know who this person is. She, who are you? Do you live here? What's going on? You don't live here. I. Oh, do you have any ID trying to get into her apartment building? Like the rules of the apartment building say everywhere you go. Have you ever rented an apartment? Have you ever lived in an apartment building? Some of them have doormen. Some of them don't. A doorman is supposed to ask strangers, hey, do you, what's your business here? If you live there, you can walk on by. Maybe say hello. Maybe not. They know who you are. But if they don't know who you are, they're allowed to say something. This poor woman in St. Louis said, excuse me, I don't know who you are. David Muir comes on the evening news the next day. A white woman stopped a black man from entering a building. We used to talk about going to the moon. Now we're talking about uh, white women can't stick up for themselves. You know, white women are still being punished for Donald, uh, voting for Donald Trump. Man, anyway kind of a quiet weekend, kind of a chillaxed weekend. Nobody did much of anything as far as I can tell on the national scene, local scene. I laid low. I'm back in New York City after a glorious uh what, 3-4 days in Florida. Um really wonderful down there. I'm not saying it's Ron DeSantis is uh, doing though. I got it's always been wonderful. I've been going to Florida off and on over the years. First time I was a kid, went to Disney World. Absolutely amazing place. Uh, I went to Jacksonville. I went to where else? I lived in Pensacola for a while. It's always been great. Never had a tax, no income tax. Um, I don't know how much Ron DeSantis is in charge. And oh, by the way, though, not all of Florida is great. I went to the mall one day. Did I tell you about this? I went to the mall. Yikes. Don't go to the mall. I don't think we should go to the mall anywhere. Everybody's there. It's on edge. You can feel the tension in the air. I feel like someone's going to start, it's going to go on a rampage. Maybe I've been watching too much TV news uh, oh, and I did see that poor woman beaten how many times with a cane? 50 times. Some maniac up in, uh, I guess it was in Harlem at a subway station up there. Poor woman. Looks like a, you know, a, maybe working at a hospital. I can't tell, but it looked like she was either coming from work or going to work. And some maniac comes up from behind and starts beating her relentlessly with the cane. This lady's 60 years old trying to fend him off, and it goes on and on and on, and what is not happening while this uh, beating takes place? Uh, no one's jumping in. No one's jumping in to defend her. And why would that be? Why could that be? How could a human being just watch this happen? And I think there were people close. I mean, can we blame them? This guy is humongous, by the way. But we see what happens when you get involved, and if something should go wrong, right? Daniel Penny going to jail. Possibly for uh, twenty years, Daniel Penny's life has been totally turned upside down. You can take a risk and turn your life upside down, or you can just keep walking and mind your own business while whatever happens to the lady happens to the lady. I would like to think at this stage of the game that I would get involved. I, you know, I, I would like to think that I could just say that yeah, I would, I would have just jumped in. Well, hopefully, I'm not faced with that test. I would like to think that I would. Damn it, I know I would. Right. I hope I don't want to run the other way. I couldn't run the other way. It would be. Oh, I couldn't live with myself. The guilt, the guilt. You know, a lot of what I do, a lot of what people do sometimes, you know, you every you got to do the right thing. Well, yeah, but I also want to avoid the guilt trip. All right. So I do the right thing. But is it just to do the right thing? Part of it is to avoid the guilt trip. I wonder if Joe Biden ever feels guilty, according to the new uh, biography about him, which apparently has more bite than I thought. Uh, this writer kind of goes after Joe. The big headline initially was, Joe sometimes feels tired. He sometimes feels tired. Uh Well, there's a lot more in here. And Joe has a great big hang-up, uh, like a psychological thing going on in his brain, apart from what's obvious. Because in 1987, he was bumped from the presidential race when he was caught lying and cheating and uh, stealing somebody else's lines. And he's been... um He's been dealing with that ever, ever since some weird thing going on in his head. He tried to rip on uh, Joe ba- uh, uh, Donald Trump saying he's from Park Avenue. I'm from Scranton. You know, I'm a working class guy. This man, never forget, became a millionaire in public service. It's supposed to be public service, but he didn't treat it that way. You're not supposed to get rich in public service. You do what Donald Trump did. You get rich as a private citizen. Then you go and and, and try to achieve something for the people. And he really did. And it really was for the people. Let's see. Here he is uh, bitching and moaning because uh, what's the deal with his houses in Delaware? They're all out of commission. Joe is very sensitive to the whole thing about uh, being on vacation. He must have watched, uh, he must be listening to my show here because I have ripped him on that. And there are a lot of other people have too. You count up the vacation days, it's almost more time off than on. Oh, uh, yeah, but he could work anywhere. He can be briefed. He's not. He's not. <laughs> uh, we know that it's, it's, it's R&R. Recuperation, rest, relaxation, and recuperation. Do me a favor, cut one, please. Cut one.
4: Well, by the way, the reason I'm here today, just for one day, I know I'm you know, on vacation. I'm not. I have no home to go to. The Secret Service has torn my house up in a good way to make it secure. So I have no place to go when I come to Delaware except here right now. I'm only here for one day.
5: Are you coldly?
4: No, I'm not homeless. I just have one home. I have a beautiful home, but I, I'm down here for the day because
3: I can't go home home. I can't go home home. Nobody really knew what he was talking about. The secret, both of his homes, homes, houses, mansions. Here's a guy, he's going off on Trump, how he's a working class guy from Scranton in his whole life. You can look it up in his autobiographies. He's, uh, he's had a lust, a lust for real estate, a lust. Not for a house, not to provide for his family, but for a mansion, a mansion. He was a house flipper before they had any shows about house flipping. He wanted to get rich that way. Uh, Joe has always had aspirations. Maybe it rubbed off from the old man. I don't know, because the old man, Joe Biden Sr., was trying a lot of get-rich-quick schemes. Some of them didn't work out. Some of them did. Joe Biden Sr. owned an airport. Joe Biden Sr., as I've been pointing out a lot, because I'm from Garden City. I grew up in Garden City. Garden City is a very nice town and you know not all the houses are big but a lot of them are and Joe Biden lived in Garden City he li- Garden City is the home to three country clubs it's not Scranton Pennsylvania it's a very pl- it's one of the most beautiful communities and you can look it up and it's in his own autobiography he grew up in Garden City his dad bought a nearby airport did your father buy an airport but my dad was a police officer. <laughs> he just, uh, he was never buying a, well, your dad was commissioner. Yeah. Well, he worked his way up. He worked his way up. He was smart and he studied a lot. He went to night school. He went to day school. He got this degree. He got that degree. He was working the night shift, the day shift, studying for those civil service exams, passing them, being excellent every step of the way. Was Joe Biden excellent? No, just a great big toothy fake toothy. False smile. And look at what we're stuck with. Anyway, this is the Freedom Zone, and we'll be right back.
0: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.
2: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: You know what's happening in France, right? Country overrun with um, illegal migrants. And they are losing their entire way of life. They're losing everything that made France France. That's happening also in Sweden. It's happening throughout Europe. It, it can't happen in America, but it's actually happening. Uh, the illegal migrants, hey, again, you know, I, you gotta say it, right? Because otherwise they'll say, oh my God, you're so racist. You're so xenophobic. No, we're not xenophobic. We're just saying that anybody's gotta come into any country legally. Otherwise you ain't going there. That's common sense, right? If I went to say, uh, I don't know, what's a country in Europe that I'm intrigued by? Spain. If I brought my daughter to Spain, and we went there, and my wife too, and we uh, just we just like took a boat in and didn't bother going through the airport, or just kind of walked in, uh, walked in off of a boat. Would we expect um, goods, services, jobs, iPhones, bikes, e-bikes, cars, <laughs> shelter? Um, I wouldn't expect that. I'd expect to be thrown in jail if I got there illegally. Uh, it has nothing to do with the color of my skin. It has to do with the fact that I went into a country. Hey, you know what? I actually once went into a country, uh, by accident. Um, what the hell was that? What was it all about? I was in, uh, Israel and, um, I accidentally walked into, uh, Gaza. <laughs> yeah. And I was almost shot. As a matter of fact, they did shoot at me. Uh they shot bullets at me. And it was it was quite an experience twenty years ago. I almost died. And um that was very, very traumatic. But you know what? Uh that was my fault. I was walking on the beach. I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go all the way to that factory and come back. There was a factory like five miles away, all of a sudden brrr, What? Brrr, you know, like the the bullets were hitting the beach. I ran behind a dune. I didn't know what the hell was happening. And I'm sorry, I was in Gaza. And I walked into Israel. Israel is a very well-fortified border. But on the beach, well, it's well-fortified as well, but there's no physical barrier. But there is a patrol, actually a company of Israeli guys with guns. And um, you walk into Israel without permission, you're going to get shot. Fortunately, I was just shot at. I wasn't actually shot. And um, a, a vehicle comes out, I don't know, like 50 miles per hour on the beach, Bunch of guys with guns. They come at me, and I had to take off all my clothes, strip search, and I'm like, I'm an American. I'm an American. I'm an American. And I had all I had was my hotel key. I explained to them, Hey, I'm, I'm at Fox News. I'm, I'm I I I was I'm I got a hotel in in Tel Aviv, and we, we they brought us here to Gaza. We're covering it. It's like, okay, you're lucky, <laughs> very lucky. And they gave me uh, they let me put my clothes back on, and I went back into uh, Gaza. And the people, by the way, in Gaza saw this whole thing. They thought I was a hero. Wow. This guy was just shot at by the Israel. I'm not (laughs) Israel, our friend and ally. But, uh, hey, I went into, uh, without permission and they shoot, they open fire. Now, I don't want anybody to get shot. Well, I don't know. I mean, sooner or later, right? We have a border patrol. They have weapons. I mean, I don't want anybody to get shot, but we have to, there's has, there has to be some sort of a deterrent. And these folks. You know, part, I mean, can we blame them entirely, our government? Hey, Eric Adams, listen to what, <laughs> look at him waving people in still. Cut 20, please. Cut 20.
5: Those who are migrant asylum seekers today will be the commissioners for
3: tomorrow. The commissioners for tomorrow. Asylum, speak. have you taken a look at some of these asylum spe- uh, seekers uh some of them don't look like they're uh, particularly interested in municipal government. All right. I just it's just a sense. Just a sense, but um Eric I, he can't make up his mind. All he knows is if there's a microphone and there's a, 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 and an opportunity to put a suit on, he's going to walk up and just say gibberish, right? And some days, you know, uh the inn is full. Some days he's all over uh, Kathy Hochul, and sometimes it's just kind of whatever it takes, whatever the moment feels like. He has no vision, he has no ability. Even if he had a vision, he couldn't he couldn't affect that vision because he has no ability to actually make anything happen. Anyway, um, still, it's a beautiful day. Okay, at least we got that going for us. And uh, Rudy Giuliani is fighting for his life and his freedom. And there is a new way you can help. I'll be right back with that.
2: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, we're getting
4: through this one of the greatest job creation periods in American history. For real, that's a fact. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were losing jobs in this country. In fact, the guy who held this job before me was just one of two presidents in history. He was one of, so, but here's an important point. One of two presidents in history left office with fewer jobs in America than when he got elected office. Oh, my God
3: right. I'm going to have to step in because this is all uh, disinformation, right? Isn't that what they like to do? They like to shut down, right? Oh, I can't, I, I can't let you hear this because it's disinformation uh no i'm I'm actually gonna play the whole stupid clip uh in a little bit but uh because he goes on he he's lying like crazy just lying like crazy and the whole thing about the jobs well you know hey there was a little thing called covid uh that the democrats uh basically i think they exacerbated it on purpose uh because uh they thought they could screw around with the election yep that's what i think anyway hey james Flippin walked in hello hey greg welcome back from florida um, now, who the hell do I know in Plattsburgh, New York? Why would Plattsburgh, New York be calling me? Is this a scam call? I'm guessing that's a... You yeah, want to do this? Hold on. Let's
6: just see. That's spam.
3: Hello? Hello? Good
0: day.
7: This is Kathy on a recorded line. Oh! I'm a Medicare health agent with secure advantage plans. Sure. I need to confirm you have Medicare Parts A and B before I can get a licensed representative on the line.
3: Yes, of course I do. I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you my credit card number right away. Just... Uh, put that person on. Please, okay.
8: Could you repeat that?
6: All right. Never mind, Kathy. <laughs> anyway, uh, was that really Medicare? Uh, uh, I don't I think, think so. I no. Think that that computer got really excited when you said the credit card number, and it kind of freaked out, I
3: think. <laughs> Now, what's the difference between Medicare and Medicaid? Medicaid is for the elderly. Medicare is for uh, those who can't afford it. Other way around, I think.
6: I thought Medicare was for older Americans and Medicaid was
3: All right, well, I'm, yeah, all right. One of those. Uh all right, backwards. Uh <laughs> I don't think uh I have ever uh no, I, I Medicare for me is something I see on the news. I don't right. have it yet. I'm not old enough.
6: Well, I'm surprised that phone call didn't say something about I can save money on your utilities or, you know, you've you've won an Apple gift card or something like that. Those are the ones I tend to get a lot.
3: That is something I'm going to start the um, uh, doing every time it calls yeah you know what i mean just yeah. see if i get to the bottom all right hey what's going on out there
6: uh well let's see united airlines has issued a nationwide ground stop due to equipment outages so i'm sure that'll uh be a lot of fun at the nation airports and that's going to be in effect until at least at around two o'clock eastern it looks like why i mean Equ- why why equipment outages that's what they're talking about equipment outages flights that have not left yet will be held at their departure point flights in the air continue to their destination so I don't know. That's what's going on with United Airlines. And uh, rip currents remain a big concern at New Jersey beaches. It was a deadly Labor Day weekend along the Jersey Shore. At least three drownings, and then one person remains missing. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Another wildfire in New Jersey, 90% contained now.
3: Hey, hold on a second.
6: This Rochelle
3: Boone, did you know her, the
6: reporter at New York One? I not know her. No, I heard you talking about that. I knew she was sick. I want to know this.
3: What shift did she work over there at New York One? Does anybody know? You're thinking about the whole late night thing, the old night. Yeah. yeah, that it exacerbates um uh any health condition you might have. And I mean, women who have worked that shift have been dying like crazy. Like crazy. Elise Finch, Lisa Calagrassi. Kat Craig. And yeah, Catherine Craig. And now is Rochelle Boone I mean, these are all women in their late forties to early uh, fifties and all married, all with children and they're all in television. Now you could say, well, I mean, what's the big deal? The post office works those hours. Well, yes, but the post office, when you work at the post office, it really doesn't matter what you look like. And these women are under that extra pressure. They are Mm. right. More so than quite frankly, men are. Mm -hmm. And some of that self-imposed, but it's there. It's, it's, it's there. Um, all right. But we gotta find that out because there's something really weird going on here. That's four on air people and not much time. You know, when the Concorde crashed in 1999, it was his first crash. But given how few hours it flew, it was like considered one of the most dangerous airplanes that ever was built. Mm. And you got four people in the same market. Like that's become, you know, they call it the graveyard shift. They ain't kidding. You know?
6: Yeah. No, it's definitely worth something to look into. I, I'll check in on what shift she most regularly worked. I mean, she's been with New York One for, I mean, she was for about 20 years. I yeah,
3: think. I, I knew her when I was there. I got there in 2001. I think she joined in 2002, mm. early 2002, and I liked her. I knew her, and uh Gosh, nineteen seventy five to twenty twenty three. I'm looking at the yes. It's wrong. Yeah. All right. We'll follow up on that. Anything else uh going down? Uh
6: this Pennsylvania inmate still remains at large. They're trying to track this guy. They're playing Good a, for him. Good for the inmate?
3: Well, come on, let's face it. You're rooting for I look, I I
6: don't want I mean, I know he's dangerous
3: and stuff like that, but you know You like an escape story. Everybody does. You watch a. You ever watch uh, Escape from Alcatraz? Who the hell were you rooting for, Clint Eastwood or the prison guards? <laughs> and they never told you what the stuff that Bill, that uh, Clint Eastwood
6: did to get in there. Well, that's fair. We'll leave and out his pals. They were murderers. Yeah, we'll leave out what this guy did. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they were murderers. Now, I I want this. I want justice. I want these guys. But you know, part of you, it's human nature. It's like, wow. Well, so what do you think of that? The cops are playing a message that his mom recorded, telling him to turn himself in in Portuguese. And they're blasting that from mobile vans. All you know, over I heard a
3: message like this before. Who who remembers the Jerky Boys? Pablo, come back to Florida. We miss you. You ever hear that
6: one? <laughs> yeah. We I mean, miss you, honey. Come back to Pop. Come back, Pablo. You washing yourself, Pablo? What what does she say? <laughs> I mean, it's in Portuguese, so I don't, but it's basically turn yourself in.
3: It's in Portuguese. You make it sound like it's in Martian. We can't figure well, I mean, it out. I it's like the, I
9: no, I don't speak we can, Portuguese. Well,
3: we can figure it out. Get AI to make an interpretation. Is it here? And, uh, why, I mean, I bet she's saying like, you know, okay, please turn yourself
6: in. Um, run for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't want her boy to be in jail forever. Yeah. But I mean, she also probably doesn't want him to get shot by police during some kind of a chase.
3: Well, I have it all mapped out in my brain. What I would do mm-hmm. if I were, um, I know how I would escape. Do you? I do. I can't tell you because uh, I guess not. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, that's, uh, well, anyway, uh, is he still in Pennsylvania? Cause they get little pictures of him, right?
6: I don't know. I mean, that was, uh, that, that the most recent, uh, I'm going to have to check on where that was. I know a ring camera, like a backyard camera spotted him. Um, that's how they got the last guy, I think, in Pennsylvania or the neighbors saw him. Hey, let me tell you something. You
3: are never,
6: ever, ever alone anymore. No. Ever. There's cameras everywhere.
3: No matter where the hell you are, there's somebody taking a picture. You know they caught a guy, a professor, at some school in Pennsylvania. He liked to do something. I'm not even going to mention what he liked to do, but it was pretty weird. But he did it all the way out in the woods. And there was a camera in the woods that caught him doing it. Wow. And you know, he thought he was free and clear, but they mm-hmm. have now they have wood cams. Wood wood I cams. didn't even
6: know about that.
3: And especially, yeah, so you're never alone. You can't do, I mean, the only time you really are alone, even in your own house, you know, your phone's listening to you. True. You know, you talk about uh, some random topic and then all of a sudden you're getting Google alerts about it.
6: You've got that digital uh, assistant, Alexa or Google Home or whatever, they're listening. Um, You want to know what that guy was doing in the woods? Kind of, (laughs) yeah. Oh, boy, it's bad.
3: Well, it begins with a B. Bestiality. Ooh. Yeah. I did
6: see that story actually. Right,
3: right. He was a professor of I,
6: I did ca- not realize he was a professor.
3: And he was uh yeah, and they caught him because of these cameras.
6: Was he a biology professor?
3: Uh you know, me, me oh, There's some sort of crude joke in there. I don't know what's going <laughs> down there, James, but
6: uh all right, so you're never alone,
3: keep that in mind. And the no. doorbell cameras, everybody's got a doorbell camera.
6: Um all right, what else? Uh, let's see. We've got some sound. We're going to put up on the next newscast from New Yorkers talking about whether or not they want to wear a mask again with coronavirus cases. We don't. You know what?
3: We don't want to wear a mask. We're not going to. We are not going to wear a mask. We are not going to stay home. We're not going to do any of that stuff. You know, doctor Jill Biden. You hear Doctor Doctor Jill Biden, who's not a doctor, just came down with COVID, and oh, she yeah, was that's right triple vaxxed, multi boost. You know, go Ukraine, all that stuff that you're supposed to do. And uh, she gets, well, maybe, maybe she doesn't. I don't trust anything that comes out of this White House. Anything. And maybe it's a distraction. Maybe mm-hmm. it's whatever. I tell you what, the thing that I've been saying, though, is gathering some uh, momentum, traction, that Joe ain't going to make it. Yeah. Joe Biden will have well, to I saw that
6: Some biographer was basically saying, don't be surprised if that happens, right?
3: Don't be surprised.
6: by. He had to write 400 pages. I,
3: I wrote a... 40 character tweet. <laughs> I, I, I put it out there. You don't have to sit around and write a, write a book that nobody's going to read. In order to offer to to opinions. Influence, you know, like to, 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 to say what you know. You mm-hmm. don't have to get permission from some publisher mm-hmm. and and go away for three months or four months and write a book. You can just,
6: yeah, let it rip. I how, mean. How about this since we were talking about, um, you know, the danger or maybe the health risks associated with working late nights and having to get up super early? There's a high school in New Jersey that's adjusting their start time from 8.20, from 7.45 a.m. to 8.20 a.m., and pediatricians say that's because it helps kids become more receptive to learning and boost their mental health if they get more sleep. Mm-hmm. 8.20 isn't that uh, late? It's no, not bad.
3: No. 7.45 is pretty early. I remember having to show up at 7.25 in the morning.
6: But I feel like your military background has it bothering you somehow that they're starting later in the morning. There's something I, I could tell kind of you didn't like it at first. No,
3: I mean, I, I'm open-minded. I don't like to, uh, you know, I don't like to suffer for suffering's sake. I love to um, sleep in and I don't like to get up unnecessarily. I mean, quite frankly,
6: we didn't get up as early as you think in the Marine Corps. No? No. <laughs> no. I'm I'm surprised. I would have thought like, you know, I don't know. 5 a.m. or something like that.
3: No, it was different. I mean, boot camp, which is like hell week if you're in a fraternity, you know that was bad. That was like 3:15 in the morning, but that's over in a few weeks, and then it changes. I mean, then it's a little bit more gentlemanly. I mean, look, when then you go on deployment and it's 24 seven and it's crazy, but when you're off deployment and you're going to go back on deployment, you know they're like, okay, why kill ourselves right now? You know. Anyway, it's it's still pretty intense.
6: Uh, all right, these are all very interesting. Anything else? Uh, agriculture officials are continuing to talk about these spotted lanternflies. Do you see them up in uh, the Upper East Side? I have actually. Yeah, they're they're making their way further east on Long Island. They're really worried about the North Fork Wine Country. Wait a second, are they bad? They eat grapevines. Apparently, they're really bad for for you know agriculture.
3: Wait a second, I saw they're they're spotted. They're pretty
6: unique looking. Yeah, right? They're weird in the way. Like if you go to step on them, they do this like super big jump to get away from you. And officials have been asking people to stomp them out, but it's not so easy some of the time. Wow, that, I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, I have seen these things and mm-hmm. I saw it right on, I saw it on Fifth Avenue. I'm yeah. Like, look at that. Yeah, they're like all over Manhattan right now.
3: I say, I wanted to take a picture and I took the camera out and I got a picture. Then boom, it's a, it just disappeared. It's yeah. like it beamed up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they like,
6: do a crazy jump. And then you can get them after they jump because they expend all their energy doing that.
3: Hmm. Well, that's
6: a nice little fact. Yeah, little spotted lantern fly. All right. Oh, and they're going to eat all the grapes? Well, I mean, they're worried about what it's going to potentially do to the New York, you know, wine industry. But they don't they don't mess with people. they can't even live inside your house. What wine industry on the North Fork of Long Island? there's actually a really um significant wine industry out there.
3: Mm. Mm. i uh
6: nothing uh what do I say about that? I don't know Well, there's lots know. of agriculture upstate New York though I mean that they're worried about but. Wine.
3: oh, I know, and that's that's that remember those poor girls that went on that trip to explore all the wineries? and they got hit by the car?
6: Oh yeah. That's what I was thinking yep. about. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 And they did the right thing. They got a driver and everything like yeah. that, but
6: uh You talking that, about the one in Scottsdale? Uh like hit, a limo crash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, actually was also up in.
3: Wasn't there one out uh, out east too? I don't it's know. It's ringing a
6: bell a little bit, but I can't quite.
3: All right. Well, what are you going to do? I'm looking at Doug Hurd on TV. Uh uh he's uh, one of the many guys who's running for president. There's a debate coming up. When is the next debate? Fox Business is going to get the debate. Fox Business is going to have a debate in three weeks. Another presidential debate. Who do you think is going to
6: drop out by then? Uh I don't think I'd be shocked if maybe maybe a Tim Scott, maybe at some point. Um a lot of big donors are behind him. I don't think he's going away. I mean, you know the names that aren't going to drop out anytime soon Vivek, Ramaswamy. Yep. You figure that uh you know Mike Pence has a lot of that donor money behind him. Not really. No. He stinks. What about DeSantis? Oh, he's got plenty of money. He's not getting out, but it
3: looks pretty bleak. Chris Christie? Mm, he's uh he's in it for the fun. You know what I mean? He's not in it to win it. He's in it for the for the fun and the exposure. However, it wasn't that fun? Remember he got booed and yelled at and made fun of and there's a lot more where that came from. Governor Chris. All right, James Flippin, thank you. Thank you. And Greg. Thank you. Be right back.
2: Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly, on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh,
3: <laughs> if you are of a certain age, um, you know the Jerky Boys, you know the Jerky Boys very, very well. I'd say that certain age has expanded. I've know 20-somethings who are into it, all the way up to people who are 70 years old, 75 I'd say twenty five to seventy five. You may be familiar with the jerky boys. Johnny Brennan, right? And those amazing prank phone calls uh back to the nineties and in the early aughts and then he made more and he's still that's just amazing. I think he's the one who invented the reverse prank phone call. You put an ad in the paper and then they call you up and like like looking for lawnmower equipment. Just the most bizarre and hilarious scenarios. I was talking about Pablo honey, and that is of course a uh uh, right off, uh, I think it was Jerky Boys, is that one or two or three? I don't remember, but Johnny Brennan out there, a uh, great guy, does the voices on The Family Guy, as well as a lot of other creative work. Uh, so uh, so happy to know Johnny Brennan. And, of course, um, Kamal, who did some of the voices as well. Kamal, one uh, of these guys I like. these. They're kind of on the outs right now. They don't talk, but I would love it if they had a reunion. But uh, Johnny Brennan, one of the most talented guys around. Really, I know people to this day who talk about the, the jerky boys and they remember where they were when they first heard the tape. And some of them have never laughed that hard in their life. Uh, before or since, <laughs> there's something very, very special. And then they keep going on and on and on. Like, you know, one call is great. Then there can't be another one that's even better. And that there is, I'd love to play a couple, but, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, blue language as, uh, As uh, Jerry Seinfeld will call it, blue. The language is a little bit blue. All right, let's see. Oh, Tony, hello.
7: Hi, Greg Kelly. So, you know, President Trump, our favorite president, warned us that these countries would be letting out all their prisoners and sending them to our border. And that's what happened. This Danello Cavalcanti, this guy you, you were talking about, he was um, escaped from a Chester County prison. He had a record of killing someone in Brazil. And so he's extremely dangerous. And those people in Pennsylvania started their weekend with that. Thank you for Joe Biden for sending over all the border people to us.
3: How about that guy, right? Giving up the country. It says right in the Constitution that one of the key responsibilities of the federal government is to protect this country from invasion, and that's absolutely what's happening. His failure to do so is uh, impeachable. Many of us believe is definitely impeachable. Michelle in uh, Ohio, hello.
8: Hello. Hey, I got three things for you to run by people. Quick. Instead of Bidenomics, call it Biden Comics, like a comic strip. Yeah, Number that's pretty, two, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, he, he's a comic. He, he, it's a joke. Biden Comics.
3: And, I get it. Yep,
8: yep. And then Medicaid, I always say Medicaid's got it made, and Medicare don't care.
3: Medicaid, do wait, money. wait, wait. Medicaid's got it made, and Medicare don't care.
8: Correct.
3: Is that is that true? Is that what it's like?
8: Yeah, that's true. I'm on Medicare. I, you know, I worked for the state of Ohio. I retired in 07. And it stinks? I pushed them to, in, in 07. And I'm going to tell you, they tried to take my retirement away from me, even because I was a chief union steward. I mean, it, it was tit for tat to the end. Yikes. My dad wanted me to quit after 13 years, and I hung in there. I had to go to a psychiatrist. They drive you nuts.
3: Wait, but you worked for 20 years for the state of Ohio, and now you get a pension for the rest of your life, right?
8: 30 years, 30 years and one month.
3: Good for you. What was your job?
8: I I took phone calls from people that didn't have driver's license and got cut, cussed out 200 times a day.
3: You were at the the DMV or something?
8: Yep. Public safety, DMV. And then the highway patrol moved in our building. They built a new building and homeland security. And from then on, you felt like saluting and saying, ha, Hitler. They took over our discipline, our purchasing, everything.
1: All
3: right. Well, you bureaucrats are always kind of at war with each other, right? A little bit.
8: Uh, Yeah, it's terrible. But but the medic and and also. All
3: right. What's the third thing? What's the third thing?
8: The third thing, and people need to look out for it. And I don't like the government in my business at all. I got this paper, 11 pages long, from my doctor. It's called Medicare Wellness. They want to know if my home's paid for. Am I having trouble making payments? Do I need people uh, to pay my electric bill? All kinds of personal questions. And I told my doctor, I said, I refuse to fill this out. The less the government knows about me, the better off I am.
3: Did he say why the hell they wanted to know all that stuff?
8: They're doing it to all people over 65, 67. I know,
3: but why? Like, what do they want to do with that information? I mean, let's face it, the census, they ask all kinds of off-the-wall questions, too. Uh, Like, what do they intend to do with that information? Did he know anything about that?
8: No, no, I don't. But I told my husband, they want to know, you know, can you buy your food? Can you not pay your electric? Are you in the past whatever so many months? Well, you
3: know what to do uh, with a great big questionnaire like that from the government. Right? Treat it like the other junk mail. Just throw it away. It's no big deal, right? It, not... it
8: came from my doctor's office, and I had an appointment at the doctor, and I thought I refused to fill this out.
3: All right. Well, uh, good for you. I wouldn't do it either, uh, and I doubt they can mess with you for not filling it out. Good for you. I'll be back.
2: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: All right, that maniac is um, still out there in Pennsylvania. I'm looking at a picture of him walking in the middle of the night there. They say he still has his prison pants. This is an escapee uh, from the Chester County Jail, right? And uh he's uh, out there somewhere. Are they going to catch him? I mean, let's face it, though. We do love those movies about the guy who escapes from jail. As mentioned before, Escape from Alcatraz, fantastic. Another one, great, feel-good movie. Basically, good for the entire family. Uh, The Fugitive. Remember The Fugitive with Harrison Ford? Uh, uh, Pro Vazic. Uh, that was a fantastic movie. Movies that were just, they were good. Hey, you know what movie I saw while I was away? Witness with Harrison Ford. Again, Harrison Ford, you know, you gotta hand it to him. He picked, uh, he was very good at the movies he picked. They were movies that the whole family could watch, but they weren't lame like G rated movies. They were, Family movies, but that were suspenseful and interesting and fun and, yeah, had a little bit of action and somebody usually got killed. Sorry, but it happened even in Star Wars. I mean, how many of those stormtroopers did they kill, right? I mean, those guys went down like crazy. So uh, I wanted uh, my official position is I want this guy to be caught. Of course, we do armed and dangerous and all that stuff. But you are still intrigued uh, by the run, by the uh, by the by the, by the fleeing, by the escape Mark Meadows, uh, gosh, the fake news won't leave this stuff alone, uh, trying to exploit the hell. I mean, this is all they got, right? The, uh, the January 6th indictment of Donald Trump, the January 6th indictment of Donald Trump and the co-conspirators and this filing and this court brief and that. And what does it mean? And it doesn't mean anything. The American people know that this is a, a scam to get Trump because they can't beat him. They can't beat him. And uh, now they're scratching their heads big time. And everybody seems to be coming to where I was uh, months ago. Almost a year ago, I said, Joe Biden will not be the nominee. He can't be the nominee. He just can't. And one of the reasons is, um, well, you just look at him. We know. And even when he's, you know, not nodding off and not totally embarrassing himself, he's still, well, embarrassing himself, lying like crazy. So, do we have this all teed up. This is OK. Now we'll play the whole thing. I don't want to be accused of uh, censorship, but this is Joe Biden at that big labor day, labor as in labor movement, labor unions. Some unions are good. Most are pretty crummy. Uh, a big labor event. Go ahead. Well, we're getting through
4: this one of the greatest job creation periods in American history. For real, that's a fact. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were losing jobs in this country. In fact, the guy who held this job before me was just one of two presidents in history. He was one of, but here's an important point. One of two presidents in history left office with fewer jobs in America than when he got elected office. By the way, you know who the other one was? Herbert Hoover. Isn't that kind of coincidental? Look, but we're turning things around because of you. When the last guy was here, you were shipping jobs to China. Now we're bringing jobs home from China. When the last guy was here, when the last guy was here, your pensions were at risk. We helped save millions of pensions with your help. When the last guy was here, he looked at the world from Park Avenue. I look at it from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I look at it from Claymont, Delaware.
3: (laughs) The last part. Is where he's at his phoniest. First of all, Trump lives on Fifth Avenue, not Park Avenue. Okay. He's never lived on Park Avenue. Um, but he's honest about who he is. Trump is. There's an honesty. You know, years ago, I was doing my, I was trying to perfect a Trump impression, which actually was pretty good for a while, but then I, then I stopped it. I should be, I don't know. I stopped it and I, I stopped it and I don't know why. Anyway, um, and I'm like, I'm asking my friend, what is it about Trump? What is it? There's something about him. And I can't put my finger on it. There's, there's a key to understanding Trump. And I just, I'm like, I'm he says, because he's always right. And I'm like, that's it. That is it. He's always right. He always, I've never heard him say anything where he's completely wrong on that. There's always, you know, now maybe the, the a, a letter of the law, but you know, when you open your mouth and you're talking to a friend, not, not everything you say is going to be perfect. Not everything you say is going to be check, check out, but the overall point is, if you're talking about it, is probably valid. And that's with, uh, that's very much with Trump. What did this, some journalists said very early on, and it was a, an amazing insight that the media took Trump literally, but not seriously. The people, regular people, they took him seriously, but not literally. You know they know the difference, and they know what rhetoric is. They know <laughs> you got these these jerky reporters just like mmm, you said th- on on and, and February first of twenty twenty one. You said this, and, and it's like trying to catch somebody in a little bit of a you know just oh you, just something slightly off. And regular people don't do that. You notice this, and I don't like to do this, and I don't basically. But you know, playing sound bites that are four seconds long that's basic that's the average length of a soundbite about 4 seconds that's why electronic media is so much more honest uh, than uh, than print media right when you can listen to things and hear with your own ear because you know they can characterize they can they can warp whatever a politician whatever they're writing they can warp it to suit their own needs but if you can actually hear the politician talk uh the statesman whatever you understand where they're coming from. You understand and you can make your own assessment as to you know who's being honest and who's full of it. Joe Biden? <laughs> uh he's full of it. Here he is uh, once again trying Hey, when is he gonna go to East Palestine, right? East Palestine, you know that terrible the community that was hit so hard? He's still blowing it off. And yeah, listen to this. Cut two please. Cut two. I uh, said in March that you would go to East Palestine, Ohio, you came here, how come you haven't gone to East Palestine yet?
4: Well, I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. There's a lot going on here, and I just haven't been able to break. I was thinking whether I'd go to East Palestine this week, but I then was reminded I've got to go literally around the world. I'm going from, uh, from Washington to India to Vietnam, to, and so I, it's going to be a while. But uh, we're making sure that East Palestine has what they need materially in order to deal with their
3: problems. Well, in other words, double talk. He doesn't want to go. It's a red county in a red state, and he fears what's going to happen to him. And What is going to happen to him? He's going to get booed, and he's going to get yelled at. He's going to be embarrassed. Hey, Enrique Tarrio, I believe he's in court right now. Enrique Tarrio, the uh, former head of the Proud Boys, not a white supremacy group. Not a white supremacy group. I'm looking at the guy. He's obviously not white. I've talked to the guy. I've talked to his mother. She's from Cuba. The father's I think from uh it, it, the guy's black. Afro-Cuban is what they call it. And they're trying to say it's it's white supremacy. Um the lies that they have told about that man and that group and and what he did and what he didn't do and I it looks like they want to throw him in jail. I think the prosecutors requested 33 years. You compare and he didn't <laughs> well, they had it out for him. You know what they got him first for? He's already been to prison. They got him on, get this, burning a Black Lives Matter flag. He burned a Black Lives Matter flag. If only that flag had been an American flag, uh he wouldn't have gone to jail. He would not have gone. Because uh there's no, remember for a while they were talking about a constitutional amendment to ban flag burning? Well, that never actually happened. So you can actually burn the American flag but federal prosecutors, they'll make a federal case out of it if they don't like you and uh, throw a guy like Enrique Tarrio in jail. Now, it may look pretty bleak right now for Enrique because he's going to get probably some very serious time. These liberal judges who have used January 6th as a weapon, uh, he's going to get probably some hard time. But it is my fervent hope that he gets pardoned by you-know-who, um, our big guy, Trump. And he has indicated that he's going to take a look at it. And he didn't have to be boxed in. He just said it out loud. You know, the guy's not afraid. He's not afraid to say things like, Ashley Babbitt, somebody shot her. They shot her. And they did. And the guy who shot her got promoted. The guy who shot her got promoted. Hey, uh, keep your eye on Vito Facella. I like him a lot. The uh, borough president of Staten Island. Great big good comeback story for him. And he's all over this migrant crisis here in New York City. Cut 16, please. Cut 16. Borough President Vito Facella of Staten Island.
5: Right to shelter, consent decree needs to be challenged, modified, fixed, clarified, whatever it is. Because what individuals who support it say is if a million people showed up in New York City tomorrow, New York City would have an obligation to house them, accommodate them, feed them, and everything else. And I think anybody with a half a brain would say that's completely insane, and anybody of significance should should challenge it we've called upon the state legislature to convene a special session of the legislature to address this issue and even if it requires a constitutional amendment to clarify once and for all it needs to be done
3: all right good for you <laughs> more migrants more could we see more shoplifting i know some a lot of native born americans are engaged in the shoplifting which has been legalized in America? If it's under, what is it? Under nine hundred bucks, uh, no questions asked. The security personnel could get in trouble. The security personnel could get in trouble uh, if they get involved. Uh, I would like to go to. This is another sharp guy you got to keep your eye on, uh, Mike Lawler. He's a congressman from upstate somewhere, Republican. Uh, he's not, he's not a Trump fan, and I don't like that. But hey, you know what? I'm not going to agree with everybody on everything. But he's a sharp guy, and um, we should listen to what he's saying. Cut 14, please. Cut 14.
9: Look, we could speed up the work authorization, but it's not going to solve the problem here. Uh, Since Joe Biden became president, you've had over 5.5 million migrants cross the border uh, illegally. Uh, Many of these asylum cases uh, are taking two to three years to be heard. And when they are finally heard, uh, they're being rejected, 70 percent of them. Uh, in New York City, a sanctuary city, they've taken in over 100,000 migrants uh, since last year, and so they can't handle the overload. Uh, and so just, you know, expediting the work authorization here is not going to solve the problem. Even the deputy mayor uh, of New York City admitted as much last week that unless we deal with the crisis at the border, uh, the problem is going to persist in New York City.
3: Yep, I agree. Uh, one more, cut 15, Mike Lawler, congressman from, uh, where is he from, Rockland County or something like that? Uh, let's figure it out. Go ahead.
9: You know, the governor, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul and Mayor Adams have been woefully inept uh, in dealing with this. Uh, Senator Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, has done absolutely nothing uh, as the, the representative of New York and the Senate Majority Leader. House Republicans passed uh, the Secure Our Border Act, H.R. 2, Back in April. Uh, This is an absolute disgrace, uh, what has happened here. Uh, And the failures on the part of the White House uh, and the governor and the mayor, uh, as well as the Senate Majority Leader, who refuses to do anything about this at all.
3: Hudson Valley. He's up in the Hudson Valley, and he's good. Oh, and uh, he's calling out Chuck Schumer. And who deserves it more than Chuck Schumer? My God, that criminal, that felon. To do what he did, to call for violence against Justice Kavanaugh, that, from a public office standpoint, is unforgivable, and it's definitely prosecutable, and that guy is acting like he's the boss of New York. It's a disgrace. Thank you, Mike Lawler, Congressman, and President Facella. Nice job. I'll be right back.
2: Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
5: I want to tell you Gorsuch. I want to tell you Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind
2: and you will pay the price.
3: Hey, what about the you know you won't know what hits you. You won't know what hits you. Go forward with
5: these awful decisions.
3: No, 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 you no. You won't know what
5: hit you.
4: There you go. There
3: you go. There you go. Well, that was a that was a crime right there. And um uh, not only was he not arrested, he wasn't even <laughs> the New York Times editorial page didn't even have anything to say about that, right? This is the kind of thing that you have to atone for publicly, right? you got to go on an apology tour. You know, people get canceled. People get canceled for saying all lives matter. And this guy goes around threatening uh, a sitting United States Supreme Court justice, two of them. That is a crime. And uh, it shows you what a crummy guy that guy is, Schumer. He's not in it for you. He's in it for himself. Right. And the woke mob has gone crazy. You know, Schumer at one point wasn't this crazy. But, you know, when everybody goes crazy and that's where the action is and that's where the money is. Well, he's not a leader. He's a follower. That's another thing you got to understand about these guys. They are followers. And uh, whichever way the wind blows, that's where they go. So the woman who was attacked on the train uh, on the train station, 60 years old, beaten with a, a I guess the guy took her cane and beat her up with it. Well, we have a name for the suspect. Let's go through this. The daughter of a 60-year-old woman who was beaten with her own cane in a disturbing video uh, said she's angry nobody came to her defenseless mom as cops identified her alleged attacker as a 43-year-old man with at least nine prior arrests. Now, Laurel Reynolds is her name, 60 years old, of the Bronx, was walking through the West 116th Street and Lenox Avenue Station, at about 3.30 in the morning Friday when Norton Blake allegedly stripped her cane from her and beat her with it, according to NYPD officials and a disturbing two-minute-long recording of the crime, nobody stepped in to help Reynolds, even as the creep struck her so hard and so often that her wooden cane shattered. Now, let's see about this guy. Uh, the guy, well, she says about the guy, he needs help. No, he shouldn't be on the street, she said as she broke down in tears. He just attacked my mother and beat her with a cane. He doesn't belong on the street. The NYPD chief of transit uh, named Blake as the suspect during an unrelated press conference Tuesday. Unrelated. We're looking for him and I'm pretty confident that in short order he will be arrested and charged for that assault on that female. The suspect and Reynolds had engaged in some kind of argument as the victim walked up the subway station steps. A witness said they were arguing over something that might have dropped. He might have been helping her carry something up the steps and something might have dropped, causing them to argue. And then he freaks out on her. And I'm looking at him. It looks like they say yeah, they didn't make a mistake on this one. Hey, forget that case for a second. Who remembers the crazy situation in South Carolina with that lawyer, the Murdoch? The Murdoch, and he was charged with killing his, well, two people, uh, killing his uh, wife and son, and then trying to fake his own death. Remember him, the guy with the red hair? He was convicted in what, when was that, May or so, right? He was convicted of murder. The jury took about 20 minutes to convict him. Well, he just filed for a new trial. He says the old one was tainted. The old one was tainted. He is accusing the clerk of jury tampering. He's actually in in court right now. Alex Murdoch's attorneys demand new trial, accuse clerk of jury tampering in bombshell new filing. That could mean another Netflix season, right? For whatever reason, everybody was interested in this case. Not me, not too much. Uh, I know he did it.
2: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: I gotta get my hands on this, uh, Biden book. There's a new book about Biden. The New York Post reports as following, uh, President Biden griped that his one time boss, Barack Obama, wasn't down home, home enough, not a down home enough kind of guy and couldn't even say F you properly, according to the last politician by well connected author Franklin Foer. While President Obama and his then vice president were in sync on a lot of things, there was an underlying tinge of class rivalry to their jibes, according to the new biography. Fower described the pair as the lunch pail cornball Biden and the effete professor culturally Obama chafing each other. Biden told a friend that Obama didn't know how to say F you properly with the right elongation of vowels. And the necessary hardness of his consonants, Foer writes, it was how they must curse in the ivory tower. Uh, look, I don't like to engage in the, what Jerry Seinfeld again calls the blue language, but, uh, if you want to say F you, you can do it in all kinds of ways, right? There's no one way to say it there, Joe. What? There's no. I've heard people say, F you. I've heard people say, F you. Or no effing way. F you. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to say it and we shouldn't say it. It's funny, funny where we've come, right? This is where the, the <laughs> wow. This is what, this is what's news in the biography. Maybe I won't buy this book after all. You got a president and a vice president arguing about how to say the F word. Biden 80 was concerned that Obama 62 wasn't being tough enough, including in Afghanistan, listening too much to his advisors without pushing back Fower says Biden had advised Obama to rebuke his general's advice on staying put in Afghanistan, whispering to his boss soon after the pair took over in the White House. These generals are trying to box in a new president and don't let them jam you, according to the book. Now, Biden and Obama reportedly developed a secret code for when the vice president needed to play bad cop during high-level meetings. When Obama tipped back in his chair at meetings, Biden took that as cue to ask provocative questions that Obama wanted answered, but didn't want to raise himself for fear of shifting the tenor of the meeting. Jesus, excuse me, but you're the president of the United States and you got to tiptoe around all over the place. Just say it. You got elected. Once Biden took over the White House as president, he pushed the envelope hard to shake things up fast with everything from the economy to end the war. Yeah, he really shook things up fast, right? Let's all lose the war in Afghanistan. If Obama erred on the side of underreaction, Biden was going to err on the side of overreaction, says Foer, who claims to have had unparalleled access to the tight inner circle of advisors. Who have surrounded Biden for decades when writing the book. Well, yeah, they're going to, they're going to spin this, right? Anybody telling the truth about this guy, you know, <laughs> he's demented and stupid, right? No, they have to, uh, they have to weave a, some sort of interesting tale to explain this guy, but there's, <laughs> I mean, we know him. We see it. Hey, they're really serious about this down in South Carolina. You got the lawyers there. There are a big press conference going on and they want to get Murdoch. Alex Murdoff, a new trial. The other thing we got to keep our eyes on is that illegal move to get Trump off the ballot in several states, um, Minnesota, Michigan, several others, and they're going to try to say, well, he's guilty of an insurrection, and according to the Constitution, we can remove him from the ballot. That's not going to fly, but it's going to get a lot of attention when it takes off, and it's about to take off. Hello, Ellen in Manhattan. Yes. Are you there? Never mind then. Vito in Brooklyn. Hello.
5: Craig, how you doing? All these guys you see when Biden's talking about union, all these bobbleheads clapping. Let me tell you something. I'm in Local 282. I work with Trump. I deliver on concrete and concrete trucks. A great guy. All his jobs were 100% union. But what I'm trying to say is the Democrats don't help the union members at all. It's only gotten worse. Can I give you some numbers? When Obama took office... In the trades in New York City, we had over 70% of the market share for union work. When Obama was done, we had less than 50. Now, under under, uh, Democratic leadership, we got less than 6% of the union market share for work in Manhattan alone. We work non-union with union and non-union jobs, people. It's split shops. It's all a bunch of horse crap. We were better off I don't know how you're going to take this but we were better off when the friends of ours ran the unions other than when the government came the government came in and robbed us not wearing a mask right to our What thing. do you mean what do you
3: mean friends of ours what do you mean by that You people mean when have, it was when it was mobbed up Yes sir Well I mean people got killed every now and then right Well people that that probably were rats sc- rats the rats, they got what was coming to them, right? Yes, sir. No, they didn't. Come on, you can't kill people. You can't go running around killing people. I don't, I mean, look, it's a complex uh, thing, the union. I have been a member of a union. Every time I'm in a union, I'm like, why the hell am I in this union? And I grumble about the union dues. And then, in a time of need, I got to say, the union, they were there for me. Uh, and it was nice to be part of a union. Um. But I don't know. All right, Vito, thank you very much. Um, I really, we, we can't kill anybody. All right, no killing. Mimi, you got something to say about the
6: unions?
7: Yes, I, I was watching uh, President Biden and all the happy people taking this picture. So I decided to call up Sheet uh, Sheet Metal Nineteen, the union in Philadelphia. Uh, she came on the line. And the minute you know, I asked her. I told her about. Um, I mean, why are they shaking his hand? I told her about the fentanyl. I told her about the migrants that are happening here. She uh, hung up on me. I called again. I got this guy, and then I asked him. I, I listed some things, and he said the chips. He gave them the chips, and he uh, uh, um, and we support the big corporations. That's what he said and he hung up. So that's what I wanted to tell you.
3: Well, you told the union off, right?
7: <laughs> I like the unions.
3: But you told them off because of what uh they did with Biden, right?
7: Right. I I saw them uh, laughing and uh and we're suffering here. And they wouldn't listen to me.
3: Well, you got union leadership, and I don't know. Let me ask you something. Why do you need a union? Why do you like the union? I mean, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I've actually had to do jobs and employ the union, and man, oh man, oh man, they can make it very, very hard to get things done. You know? Very hard and very expensive. And uh I don't know. Why do we, you make the case, why do we need the union? I why can't you good. just go out and do it on your own, get a job?
7: Health industry they gave us raises um, what about they, doing, what about
3: what about doing a good job and getting a raise? Yes. What about that? I mean, because let's face it, you know when you're representing ten thousand people, ten thousand people didn't do a good job. Ten thousand people don't deserve a raise. Many of them do, but not all of them. I'm a little bit mixed on the union thing, you know I'm a little bit all over the place. Right? You got a job. I mean, really, Mimi, I mean, what about you? I'm sure you did a good job. Maybe you needed a a, a raise bigger than what the union was providing or or, or negotiated, right?
7: You couldn't get the job without being a member of the union. Well, I
3: don't like that. It's a free country, you know what I mean? Anyway, listen, America's mayor just walked in here. Rudy Giuliani and all kinds of stuff is going on around him, but you've got plenty of experience working with unions. How do you feel about unions overall, Mr. Mayor?
1: Uh, great when they started. Absolutely necessary uh, to do away with the tremendous inequities that were going on turn of the century, even before the turn of the century. Uh, maybe through the time the communism started to move in to take them over and they had a split into the AFL and CIO. Uh, I don't know if people realize how, how deeply the Communist Party infiltrated our union movement, hmm. ruined half of it. The other half fought it like hell. Liberal Party in New York was an anti-communist party that broke from the union movement, by the way. Hmm. A lot of people don't don't know that. But uh, at a point now where we have – like for federal workers, I I was in charge of the legal work with Ted Olson on the air traffic controller strike. Ah, when
3: Reagan but, uh, so fired pre- him.
1: So President Reagan convinced me immediately federal workers have so much civil service protection. Look at New York City. They have more civil service protection than any unions give them. They don't need a union. And the president said, somebody who swears allegiance to America should not be able to strike against America. When you were in the Marines, should you have been able to strike against America? <laughs> what happened if you? you struck against America? We got attacked. Nobody's fighting. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody's driving the buses. Nobody's driving the ambulances. Uh, the doctors aren't working in the hospitals. Uh, the teachers aren't teaching. These aren't, these are not, these are not a discretionary jobs. So I, I think unions should be stri- out of government work. No unions in government work. Or, or no secret service, or, or no uh, social, or no uh, protections. No government protections. One or the other. What
3: about, uh, construction and all that stuff?
1: Uh, okay. Uh, make a choice. Give somebody, uh, let the union, uh, compete in the marketplace and show that it can give value to the worker. Do the workers really want to be a part of the union? Or their legs gonna get broken if they're not. I mean, that's really the choice. I'm, I'm for right for work, right to work. Yeah. You know, I think the states, I, can, I cannot understand how that isn't t- totally American. If I want to be a member of a union, I should. If I don't, I shouldn't be. Yeah, and they can, um. And you know, if we did that, the unions would get better. It'd be like, it'd be like choice in schools. Some of the public schools that start to improve. Where they've had real choice, public schools have improved. Real choice. Hmm. And same thing would be true here. The unions that wanted to survive would do better for their workers. And it might, and look, the, the, the private union movement's down to only about 10% of the workers. It's nobody. It's all government unions now. Right.
3: Yeah. Wow. You know what? You can just change the channel with you and you, you know all about that. You know all about this. You know all about theology. I have,
1: a, I have a break, breaking news for you. I'm going to put on your show instead of mine so I can discuss it in Ooh, more detail. What is it? I don't think anybody's thought of this. You know the insurrection movement that they want against the president, Fourteenth Amendment Clause Three. But they're what tra- they're if,
3: trying to wage. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. for, for
1: the for the Confederacy. It was for the people who fought against America. They couldn't run for office, so it has language in it like uh making war against America, giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Mr.
3: Mayor, this is is this is this breaking news or is this a theory? What do you got going here?
1: Well, I don't see why if Democratic AGs like the creeps in New Hampshire, are trying to do this to Trump on insurrection? When he hasn't been charged with insurrection, no insurrection's been proven. They just say, but they say, you don't have to prove it. You can just assert it. What about Biden? Aid and comfort to China. He gave up the Bagram Air Base. Could you do anything better than give up an air base 400 miles from China? He lets them bring fentanyl in unhindered. They make billions on fentanyl. He's never pursued them on covid. No.
3: Well, that's yeah. We think we think there's a lot there.
1: That's so why impeachable. don't why don't why isn't it aid and comfort to the enemy? Mm. Why can't we? They have announced they want to take over in uh, 2048. Z announced that five years ago. They're building their army at 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 unbelievable rates. This can be done on the theory of a governor or attorney mm. general. Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, according to no, them, I,
3: I hear you, but we have something. I think. Look, that's Republicans right now are kicking around all kinds of uh, impeachment plans. They are, and this can that, this can but be put AG's in there. Some the AGs are doing nothing. Some of the
1: AGs should should the, remove him from the ballot. The,
3: well, uh, this being is being a traitor. I, I, I think what we have uh, number one. I actually don't think that's a good idea.
1: I know, but then they won't do it to us.
3: Well, <laughs> they are already doing it to but us. they not going to succeed, and they have the backing of Judge Ludig. Now, Who's they think, crazy? I, I would love to know what happened to that guy.
1: He's gone crazy. Also, you, you know what they're what Ludic is doing now? No by the way, Ludic is, is doing the same thing he accused uh, Judge uh, 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 Professor Eastman of doing. He's he is uh, purporting to a theory that is against constitutional uh, principles. The Supreme Court in eighteen sixty nine struck this down as a possibility.
3: So the left runs around because Judge is a used to be a conservative. Now he'll show up on MSNBC, the January 6th committee, and say whatever it is the liberals want him to
1: say. This isn't illegal. According to his analysis of Eastman, in saying you can interpret the Constitution so the vice president can hand the votes back, his saying that a single state can remove the president because they decided without a trial that he was engaged in insurrection, is a an attack on the United States of America, an attack on our Constitution. It is a coup. It's trying to change our form of government. There it is, a coup. And Smith should indict him. Smith,
3: he should, but he's not going to. I know there, he's there, not. not. I mean, all right, this is good for. I mean, it's not. I forgive me, Mister Mayor. I don't think this is going to move the needle. And I don't see any of these AGs signing up for it. I don't.
1: I, I, no, I, well, I, mean, oh, I disagree I, with I, you. I, 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 look, I disagree with You the, the, remember the AGs are the ones. Ken Paxton, maybe. You know, no, somebody I like that imagine. you know where I got this idea from two AGs state AGs yes, right yeah, now yeah, yeah. You, you guess what some says. of these guys are big to, uh Missouri no 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 but I won't tell you where all right because they're thinking it over and they're thinking of putting it up look you need leverage in life if if uh if if you're going to have leverage against me, I have to have leverage against you. You're going to knock my candidate out. I'm going to knock your candidate. Okay, let's see who well, wins. You
3: know what they're going to do? They're going to do the math and see. Okay, if we get them off these states and you get them off those states, we can
1: still. You know win. what's going to happen? The courts will then be forced to intervene. If it's only kill Trump, they won't intervene. They'll say screw Trump, like they did last time. If they, if it's kill Biden and kill Trump, or kill the De- uh, kill kill uh, uh, the Democratic candidate, they'll intervene.
3: Well. You raise, are the lawyer. And, raise the stakes. Uh, all right. Get leverage. Uh, you're, um, you're winning me over on this. Do me a favor. We'll be right
2: back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Uh, Yo, know, Sandra, I know you've been waiting. Hello.
10: Oh, hi, Greg. Hi, Greg. Um, I you know I want Rudy to know. I just got this beautiful response from his. uh uh, legal fund uh, defense, it's really very, very friendly. It thanks you for supporting Rudy, and it tells you how grateful he is. and, and or, You know, just very nice. I got it on my email, and I was very touched by the Yeah, response. what's the website, but,
3: uh, Mr. Mayor, that people can go to? Can you tell us? I forgot, rudyfund.org? I think so, yeah. rudyfund.org, is that it? Should I check? Is that where you went there, uh, Sandra? How did you do it?
10: No, no, I like doing it as you know on the phone. <laughs> I was on there, you know, a while you make, said, you, know you make new friends.
3: You make new te- friends. Oh, you call the <laughs> and telephone. I said, you
10: know what? Yeah, I like doing it on the phone. Some people like doing it the all other right. way, but I prefer. Well, anyway. I don't, know,
3: I don't, I don't I have- think, hold on a second. I don't think it's rudyfun.org. I'm going to it right now. It doesn't work. I don't know okay, what. It is. Right. let's figure it out. Uh, what, what's the final point there, Sandra?
10: I, I don't know if I have time, but I wrote as you know you recommended a beautiful letter. And I was hoping I could read it.
3: Um, I have to go to barber in a moment. <laughs> you wrote the letter. I tell you what, what? Tell,
1: tell people to contribute, and then they—is it your letter or my letter?
10: No, no, this is a different letter that I wanted to do to fight for the country, and it was about you know I wrote this one to Matt Gates, for instance, and I wanted you wrote it to long. Matt.
3: You wrote it to Matt Gates.
10: That's the first choice person that I picked. All right well, hear look, it
3: real quick. When he gets it, I want to hear it. I, I don't know. all right, all right. Uh, sure, Sandra, why don't you call why don't you, why don't you call back? No 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 let's hear it let's hear it. all right, but no more letters after today. Go ahead.
10: Okay, we are living in fear. People are afraid to speak out and say what's on their minds. It's like an overwhelming tsunami coming nearer to us every minute. Our leaders need to protect us. Our leaders, all of them, all of the Republican candidates and party members, they must rally to support President Trump. All right. Not I love support-
3: it. I got to go. Thank you, Sandra. Nice letter.
10: I'm
3: sorry. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I just, right, I mean, get a podcast. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, freedomfund.com. Rudy Giuliani, freedomfund.com. And that's uh, where you can go to help fight these bogus uh, charges. And, of course, there are all kinds of legal fees that come that way. Hey, Barbara, you're on the air. Hi.
0: Hi, Greg. The um, For your information and all of our information, these drag queen story hours that are so horrendous are being pushed by the American Library Association. I just read an article where the woman who is the president of this prestigious organization She is a self-proclaimed Marxist lesbian, and she says that subverting normal families is part of her queerness, and that libraries are good places that do all kinds of things that people on the right don't like. If you're a concerned parent, she refers to you as an angry white mob. She says libraries are obliged to provide books about gay people doing gay things. And then also, she said, it's difficult to think about laws as something that need to be complied with. So they are pushing not only this aberrant sexual behavior, they are also pushing critical race theory. They're pushing inappropriate sexual materials to minors through the list they send out to public libraries, to school libraries. They have over 47,000 members. Who
3: is this? What is this group again?
0: The American Library Association. Yep. It was founded in eighteen seventy six.
3: And and the lesbian Marxist, uh what is her relation to that
1: group?
0: She is the president of the group.
1: She's yeah. It sounds so benign, doesn't it? I know it? the American library. American library It sounds like uh, you know the daughter of the American Revolution. Right? What
3: could be wrong? What could be the problem? Well, it's that's,
1: a... that's communist
3: infiltration, my dear, going after our kids. Well, Barbara, thank you for putting that on our radar. Uh, they're they're very sneaky.
2: There's the music, Mr. Mayor. You're ready, of course, and uh, I'll see you guys later. Ready.